Ian, it's pronounced Jormungandersh. No, 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 no. Yes, no, it is. No, no, If five people on the internet have told me how to say it properly, I, now granted, they're mostly Icelandic or Norse or like something like that, but what? Wait, oh, so no. you don't even know who they are. You don't even know who you are. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! About 15th century Icelandic languages. I'm so sick of hearing it. It's called Loki. Loki. We're leaving it that. We're leaving it that the bastardized American version of it. You want to know why? Because Loki is spelled like it sounds. It doesn't have 12 umlauts, three J's, and a D and a K that make a sound. Okay? Loki's not even the same person, the same character. He is the same person because in those that whole mythology, everyone's everyone else. It's a giant metaphor. They're all gonna get stapled to the tree of life, and they're all <laughs> gonna get wisdom, and they're all gonna be turned into a horse and get fucked. That seems like fake news, but how dare oh, you? That's so good. That's they're so all good. the same. God. You wanna know why they're same? It cannot one have many within them, and many truly one that is altrua. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Curly Mustache Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joel Erotic. I'm Steven. And I am Ian Brothash. Oh, fuck, I can't even do the accent, man. I sounded Russian. Yes. It's Jormungandrush. But yes, welcome to episode 55, and if you've never joined us before, what we do here is we take one real-life villain, one fictional villain, and we discuss their histories, their motives, their crimes, any connections that they may have, and we cap off the episode with whether or not they could ever be redeemable with our trusty bowler hat scale. And the reason that me and Ian are arguing over Old Norse pronunciations (laughs) is we have decided to do two regional connected villains today yeah i'd say yes coming from the land of norway the rock and roll gods have smiled upon you yes we're discussing is that Fenrir? you're doing that completely wrong if you're going to do like norwegian death metal it's got to be something like hold on i got it so it's like and then it just continues to do that for 18 fucking minutes oh god i love this shit yeah we're gonna totally talk about dude barely person for our listeners that didn't understand any of that the real life villain we're talking about today is vark vikanis the most insufferable fucking nerd on the planet. <laughs> yes, he's a Norwegian musician and writer that founded the one-man project Burzum and was a convicted murderer and arsonist. Burzum. Burzum. Oh, God. Okay, guys, you know I love you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You love us. Okay, cool. Can we just not do the how to pronounce this shit? Because, like, <laughs> it's from a fucking language that no one here speaks, and I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people fucking sounding off in the comments, and I love that about you. But I cannot do it. I love you. Let's be straight about something. Burzum, which is the one-man band that Vikernes is a part of, was language from the Lord of the Rings book. Inscripted on the One Ring to rule them all. It actually means darkness. In Elven? Right? Uh, deep speech. In It's in the, the dark tongue of Mordor is the particular... <laughs> oh my uh, god, we are such fucking nerds. And Thank before you. we go any for- further... 
ladies and gentlemen. The name of his ba- the one-man band, uh, Burzum, it comes from the One Ring inscription. More precisely, Ashnash Thakul Akburzum Ishi Krimpatul. You just sounded like a very angry Italian. I think it's pronounced Bershakatuar. Hold on, hold on. I I heard a fedora-wearing <laughs> guy knocking on my door going, mm, Actually, it's pronounced... Actually... <laughs> Yeah, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we read that to you because of Varg. That's Varg right there. That fucking guy, that annoying asshole, that's who Varg is. This is the whole scene that Varg is a part of are these fucking douchebags. And before we go any further, I think it's important for our audience to understand that today's villain, it's not really just Varg because Varg is a product of his environment of the times so the black metal scene in norway is going to weigh heavily into the story of varg so it may seem like we're going off on tangents but actually it it's weirdly all connected i think that's appropriate and also this is a great time to be able to separate the art from the artist because i don't actually mind black metal i think there's some of it that's pretty fucking good but the scene in Norway at the time had a lot of underpinnings that was very unfortunate. Yeah, and mayhem sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, no, you did. God, not you're gonna make some go people there. mad. Okay, let's continue. Listen, the black metal community is not to be fucked with. They are. Upon looking into them on Twitter, <whistles> don't fuck with them. <laughs> so understand. Uh, I love Mayhem, and that was all Steven, and you can direct all your messages to him. All me. I will claim it 100%. I have no problem with that. Bring him on. Fuck it. So anyway, Vark was born in Norway, but actually moved to Iraq when he was six years old, where his father uh, worked for the Iraqi government. Vark would go on later to say that his father worked directly under Saddam Hussein, developing a computer program for him. Not sure how true that is, because he liked making his father seem like a really big asshole, which, to be fair, his father was an asshole. But actually, that was confirmed. His father did work not directly under Saddam Hussein, but he w- he did work directly for the Iraqi government during Saddam Hussein's reign to create a software for voting so that it could give the appearance <laughs> that they had free elections. That's what I'm saying. Varg would actually later go on to say that his dad worked directly for Saddam Hussein, which, not sure if that's confirmed or not, but... Basically, at a young age, uh, there, there were actually no English-speaking schools in Baghdad where they lived. And so he went to an Iraqi elementary school. And so, of course, you know, his teacher was brown-skinned. And his mom and dad were pretty fucking racist anyway. They weren't as racist as he would end up being. But basically, the teacher would piss off Varg. Varg would call him a, a monkey, which is, you know pretty bad racial slur yeah and then he would dare the teacher to hit him because in baghdad basically when a student got out of line you just slap the shit out of him and basically varg would be like you're not gonna hit me because i'm white and the teacher backed off and his father would get a little worried about this shit because he was like i think you're kind of turning into a fucking nazi and varg would be like you're kind of a fucking hypocrite because you were also racist you also hate brown people, and you work for fucking Saddam Hussein. But Varg, don't you understand that I don't see color? I only see fucking green. And if that Benjamins get in my pocket, well, 
daddy does what daddy must do. Oh, God. Why'd you go full German accent? Yeah, there? I was wondering that, too. <laughs> I'm not mad. Listen, because we're talking about Nazis. Uh, all right. um, okay, good connection It's there. the go-to. It's the go-to. Now, to be fair, Bart did keep a Nazi flag in his bedroom. As a child, so... Yeah, so one of the things I gotta talk about with Varg, too, a lot of the information that we have about Varg is from Varg, so it's kind of hard to separate what's true and what's not, because he will tend to, uh, what's the word, lie his ass off to make himself look cool. Gee, it's not like we've ever heard of villains doing that before, have we? Yeah, this guy, though, man, he's just the epitome of, like, that one fucking edgelord that believes in that thing so that way he can piss other people off but he has no idea what he believes is counterintuitive to everything he's espousing. Unfortunately, that's the word that we have. There's not a lot of information outside of what he's given so all we can really roll with is the information he's given us. Yeah. We can speculate and have some fun with it if you want. He was probably totally fucking lying. If you listen to interviews by other uh, black metal bands and people who are on the scenes... You'll see that most of what he said, well, you know, with the exception of some pretty, you know, like big ex- moments in his life, kind of line up. What really bothers me most about this guy is he is a man of conviction. As no, once he has an idea, he's one of those insufferable pricks that once he gets an idea, that idea becomes his ideal. And that ideal is something he never bends to. Mm. So it's one of those people who could really, like, legitimately have, like, you know, a, a great, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a social commentary or something something that would make it positive in the world. And he would never bend or never stray from that ideal. Instead, he picks the worst possible fucking options. It's almost like people who see someone in power who is, like, a known sexual offender or a racist or has no right in business or in power, but they still follow him no matter what. I don't think I'm talking about anything in particular, but go on, Stephen. (laughs) No, 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 me neither. Around 12 years old, uh, his parents divorced. He started having very little contact with his father at this point. Him and his mother still, you know, they had somewhat of a relationship, but once again, that's just like picking between puke and shit here. Like his parents were fucking racist too. And he was more racist. <laughs> His mom was quoted as saying, I don't know where he found these ideals from. Get the fuck out of here. You let him have a flag with a fucking swastika on it in his bedroom as a child. Hmm. <laughs> so anyway, right around 12 is when he started listening to heavy metal music. He'd always been very musical minded. Uh, took a lot of inspiration from Tchaikovsky as a kid. Um, was really influenced by bands like Iron Maiden, Creator, uh, Megadeth, Slayer. All bands that were way better than he ever was. Uh. (laughs) Now, one thing I do want to say is that, especially for a kid his age, uh, he was talented. Extremely talented. Yeah, he could do a lot of stuff. The band that we were talking about, too, that, what was the name of it? Or Burzum. 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 He borrowed and, like, stole and bought most of the instruments to record all of those things and did it all himself, generally. Yeah, he would actually do things with his amplifiers and like, uh, and and his instruments that a lot of other musicians really didn't think of. They, they, he found creative ways to make uh, creepy background noise for his kind of, in, uh, no pun intended, but instrumental in that time for Norwegian black metal. Like, this kind of <laughs> got the, got it going, you know. I wish it was a pun because that was good, buddy. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. You. 
Yeah, because it was around the time that uh, Varg was getting into metal that the Norwegian, the first wave of Norwegian black metal had first hit the scene with, again, uh, bands like uh, Mayhem, Wu-Tan. Immortal. Immortal. I've never heard them. I'm not going to lie. Emperor. Yes, Emperor. Immortal's fucking terrible. There's a great video of uh, of one of their songs on YouTube called um, Something of the Win- Winter Moon or something. And it's just them in wizard hats out in the fucking forests just screaming and blowing fire. <laughs> and they're just like... Great. It's fucking terrible. You say terrible, but they made a living off of that. So <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's, good that's for fine. them. But yeah, this was the time when you know him coming into it. The first wave of black of Norwegian black metal had just started coming across, and boy, oh boy, was it f- talk about being in the right, like in a certain place for it to utterly affect your entire life yeah it's unfortunate because it really attracted the wrong type of people because during this time in that area too there i mean there still is today a very divisive hardcore right-wing racist nationalist movement going on and it's like in the 70s or the early 70s with the punk movement there was like a whole bunch of punk kids that had like nazi regalia and that was because They wanted to make people feel weird and piss them off. But in the black metal scene at this time in Norway, they were like hardcore right-wing nationalists because they were hardcore right-wing nationalists. You look at punk rock from that that time period too. I mean, metal is basically just a few few tempos away from from punk rock and and you get a lot of... Except punk rock doesn't quite have the awesome mythology behind it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. There's no epic battles... On the face of the sun between two elder gods for the affection of busty maiden on earth. So, I mean, if Johnny Rotten started playing songs about that, punk might make a comeback. I'm just saying. If you ever want to listen to a really fucking awesome, like, symphonic Norwegian death metal band, Demi Borgir. I can't even fucking spell that, dude. Not sure if you've ever listened to them. Fucking amazing. It's real easy. D I M M U B O R G. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> so he joined the black metal band Mayhem in 1992, uh, about a year after one of the members committed suicide. Hey, wait, 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 wait. So all of the artists went by like certain stage names and shit. Guess what the name of the dude who had just killed himself was? Wasn't it like Dead or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if these guys weren't such assholes, that would be sad. But there's a lot of great names. I actually left them off my notes, but there was a lot of great names. I was like, I can't put these fucking names in here because I'm just gonna laugh every time I fucking read the drummer for Mayhem, Necro Butcher. Yeah, I was just like, what a fuck. In uh, 1992, the Fantoff Stave Church was burned to the ground by arson. Uh, By '93, seven major churches in the area were burned, uh, including one on Christmas Day, and. Eventually, Varg was found guilty for arson uh, and attempted arson. Not for every one of those. He didn't claim responsibility, but he did say that the arsons were not done in a satanic manner, but more like uh, revenge for Christian desecration of like Viking graves and temples. That's what he said later. At the time, he was interviewed by a he like he was trying to drum up business for the fucking band. 
So he calls up a newspaper person, like, tries to do this super anonymous thing. He's like, if you go to the police, I will have you killed. Like, all that kind of shit. Of course, the paper guy goes directly to the fucking police with it. What was his anonymous name, by the way? I think it was, like, Dark Snake Big Dick. No, it was Count Grisnock. Fuck. The orc captain from Lord of the Rings, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's just yeah. let's just be a little more specific. He decided to go with the name of the orc captain that tried to eat Marion Pippin and then was killed by Treebeard. That was yeah. Listen, I'm just saying that maybe you know it'd be really fucking metal if we you know if I took the name of an obscure <laughs> character in a giant book that you know. People who live in their mother's basement read all the time. That's fucking metal, right? That's truly going to bring <laughs> Satan here to Earth, right? Wow. He gets more and more German. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, it started to go Norwegian there at the end, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're turning a corner here. And then he went back, and I was like, oh. <laughs> like nosedive back into German. Now, here's the thing about Count Grishnak. Let's call him Count Grishnak, because that's that's the name he went by in normal conversations. Oh, hello there. I'd like you to meet my friend, Count Grishnak. That was a stage name. No, no, that was a name that when you were around black metal in the scene, black metal hipsters, they didn't call him Varg, nor did they call them his original birth name, which was like Christian something or other. No, he went by... Count Grishnak. Stage names don't just mean you're on stage and you use that name. You think yeah. Brad Pitt goes by fucking Matt Mickelson or whatever the fuck his name is when he's not acting? Sorry, I kind of got confused what you meant by... Uh... The world is my stage! The thing was, is in those in the years that you mentioned with the church burnings, for there were 44 church burnings, stave church buildings. Mm. Now, stave churches are a little unique because they are almost made entirely of wood, which makes them ideal for fucking arsonists and of the 44 that happened during that time period that you mentioned earlier only a, th a one third of them were from the black metal scene now this was count grishnak and a couple other guys and then a bunch of posers who wanted to be big in the scene they had no setup uh hierarchy or group it was just you know we gotta look cool in the scene so you say posers too but what if the original people who started you know in the black metal scene too are themselves fucking posers does that make you post poser <laughs> no what that makes you is more real than real <laughs> <laughs> fuck super insane in the membrane one thing i think we should bring up is how like important these church burnings were in the early 90s like this is still at the tail end of the satanic panic. People across the world are seeing what the fuck is going on. And I highly, highly believe that shit that went down with the West Memphis Three happened because of this shit. Oh, yeah. Abso-fucking-lutely. Okay, a little side tangent here. The, the witch hunter, as he was known in the West Memphis Three trial, specifically... Uh, name drop references the stuff. Norwegian black metal scene. Yeah, and what's crazy about this whole thing is that that whole scene they were all about being more evil. It was all about who can be the most evil. I will be the most evil. You no no I will. Okay, then quit talking about it. And no, my name's dead, and I'm actually dead. So <laughs> I'm the least poser of all of them. He set off the whole thing like. 
dead shot himself after talking about being, you know, because he had a mental uh, illness where he actually believed that he had died when he was eight years old. And through some means, because he died, he drowned and they resuscitated him. But he always believed wholeheartedly that he had died and was resuscitated and kept alive by some unknown means. It's not common, but it, it does have a... Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that before. Right. Their particular form of evil, they believe themselves to be Satanists. And the thing is, is that they're not like Levian Satanism, which we, the American Satanists, it's, it's just a, uh, uh, it's a weird form of atheism. Yeah, this one is considered theistic uh, Satanism, which is like the literal worship of the devil. Although Varg will go on later to say that he never actually was, and like devil is like, that acknowledging the devil also means that you have to acknowledge Christianity. So who the fuck knows? Once again, you got to take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, but I mean, and the people that were in the black metal scene, the the big. It, keep in mind, folks, that all of this is a bunch of stupid fucking kids in a music scene, trying to be the coolest kid in the group. Firefighters died putting out these fires. Eight hundred year old buildings. In like at least 20 of them that have a historical significance to an entire culture were destroyed because Varg and kids his age, and they're all fucking kids, 17, 18, 19, wanted to be the coolest kid in the group. God, could you imagine if our lives were like that? Like the coolest kid in my group was the one who shot off the most bottle rockets out of his moving vehicle. That's not very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just a side note, if uh, for you guys and our listeners, if you ever want to read a really fun horror book about crazy black metal shit, go read The Ritual by Adam Neville. Yeah! There's a lot of fun, awesome black metal shit that goes I've on. I've never heard of it, but I'll look it up. Ian, going back to what you were talking about just a, a couple minutes ago before we went on tangents and then sidebars of tangents and then sidebars of sidebars of tangents. I warned our listeners. I warned them. I that's all connected. It's all connected. Talking about the interview that you discussed, some things that we need to bring up here is in this interview, when he was going by this anonymous name of Count Grishnak, he basically admits that they had burnt the churches and killed a man in Lillehammer. He didn't kill the man. That was a... Uh, they. That Oh, they. I thought you said he killed the guy. I was like... Basically, everything he was saying in this interview was enough to get the police and the media invested in the interview. One of his bandmates at the time, uh, who went by Yuri Animus, like, he was, like, down with this interview as a promotion. He was like, I want to scare people, I want to promote the band, I want to do creepy black metal shit, but now you got the fucking police on our asses, and we probably did burn down some shit, so maybe you shouldn't fucking say that. And this started causing a huge rift between Yuri Animus and Vark, and of course, another thing in that interview was like they claimed they did it in the name of devil worship and to spread the fear and devilry and like all that shit. You know, scary black metal shit. It's, it is what it is, you know. But the rift is really what kind of started like the real darkness of the story because Uranimus was pissed. Like he was like, I should fucking kill you over this shit because police are going to fucking arrest me now. And that's not the only reason. See, Euronymous was one of the founding members of the band Mayhem and who had actually found Dead's body and uh, after Dead had shot himself in the head with a shotgun, which, by the way, it was great because he left a note that said, pardon the mess, cheers. 
that was his death. That was his suicide note. But um, polite, pretty good. Yeah, Euronymous had opened up the first black metal uh, album store in Norway with his mother's money, which makes it cool. <laughs> so he was the central hub of the Norwegian black metal music scene. And when he and he and Varg had become friends, and he also started a his own record label. Death Like Silence Productions. Oh my god, these fucking names. <laughs> yeah, Borzum, uh, Borzum was signed to his label. So the real rift was not just the, uh, as Varg called it, the media event. That's how he calls it, not like the interview. It's the media event. At that time, Euronymous had uh, pretty much run the business into the ground. And... His record label was failing because he wasn't playing Varg. He wasn't paying Varg. He wasn't paying Emperor. He wasn't paying any of the other uh, bands on there. And Varg pretty much wanted his position of power in the scene and out of his uh, record agreement. Yeah, so I think I just came upon something. Are these kids just the worst fucking D&D nerds ever? <laughs> Think about it. They're all trying to outcool themselves. They're all trying to t- come up with the darkest, baddest work thing, but they're just using their mom's money, and they're not playing nice with their friends. I want to be the leader of the black metal scene. I'm the darkest. Yeah, I mean, you just got to throw in a little bit of ballsiness because they are fucking burning damn shit. And one of them did fucking kill the other one. Yeah, but, like, look at their motivations. Why? Just so they can out edge each other no the guy who killed him was the drummer from the band emperor faust was his name and he murdered a guy uh, he basically murdered a gay dude because a gay guy hit on him and said hey do you want to go for a walk in the woods and he fucking stabbed him 37 times in the back and then when he found out he wasn't dead he turned around walked back and broke and stomped his fucking head in i was referring more to when Vard killed Euronymous. Oh, I thought we were talking about the other guys. So. Yeah, so let's talk about that actual murder, too, because that one's, there's a lot of different versions of it, right? Well, you have, like, four different people's stories that, well, three. Whoops. Well, if we go down to hell, we can talk to the Norse god Hell, and there she will tell us the person's actual story. This is the story from Vark, and sort of collaborated by their drummer at the point. So Euronymous had made some death threats to Vark because they were just they were just fighting about this interview shit, about the label shit. And Vark and the drummer, they show up at Euronymous's house. According to the drummer, it was to sign some sort of contract. Uh, according to Vark, it was because Euronymous was talking shit. They needed to, to talk some shit out. So apparently, as soon as Euronymous opened the door... Vark kicks him in the chest. Euronymous runs to the kitchen, grabs the biggest fucking knife that he can find. Vark chases him in there. They roll around on the ground. They fight. They're beating the shit out of each other. Vark grabs the knife, stabs Euronymous 23 fucking times in the chest and in the head and in the neck. And then he and the drummer leave quickly. They dispose of the bloody clothes and they basically come up with the story that this was self-defense. I couldn't have helped myself. Yeah, I was killing him before he could kill so me. So we've heard Varg's side of the story. Let's take a look at the what uh, I like to call the evidence. 
that that whole thing is utter horseshit. Listen, Joel, you can't be throwing out fancy schmancy words like evidence. Your science and your knowledge and your empirical evidence. Varg and his associate, Blackthorn, (laughs) which was a local musician. uh, Varg had Blackthorn drive him 12 hours to uh, Euronymous' home. All right? 12 hours, and he laid in the back seat because, as he put it, if they saw me, I would create a scene, and I don't want to be seen and create a problem in the public. Is it just me, or are we just flashing back some serious, like, Magnata vibes yeah. here, Joel? Yes. Yes. This guy is absolutely. <laughs> and here's the thing, okay? Here's why his story is utter horseshit. Because Varg and Blackthorn, as well as a third friend, came up with an idea. They gave him a card. They rented a movie that they all knew about, all right, from the movie th- store. Took it back to their house. Gave their friend a card from the eight- for the ATM that they were supposed to pull money out while they were at the time that Varg would be in, you know, uh, Oslo, Norway, wherever in particular. I don't know where uh, Euronymous lived, but the point is... Yeah, basically they were creating a false alibi. Yeah. Varg said that he went there to confront Euronymous and take a contract and have him sign it and throw it in his face and ruin Euronymous, which is utter horseshit because he just he went there to kill him. Yeah, you wouldn't need a false alibi if you just went there to do nothing illegal. That's not how that fucking works, Varg. <laughs> Three in the morning, he shows up. Uh, Euronymous answers the door in nothing but his tidy whities. All of Varg's, what Varg is saying is utter horseshit. Down to the part where he said, And I plunged the knife into his head so hard that it stuck in the top of his skull. No. Euronymous died at the bottom of the stairs from bleeding to death in nothing but his tidy whities after being stabbed over 20 different times. Mostly in the fucking back. Yeah. yeah. Varg is telling people, oh, he was going to get the shotgun from his closet, the one that dead killed himself with. First off, he didn't have that shotgun. That shotgun was taken by the police. And secondly, everyone fucking knew that he didn't have the gun. So Varg basically just murdered this guy because he wanted control and power and that his principles of being the most evil and the most hardcore in a fucking music scene when you're fucking 19 or 20 years old was worth some guy's life. Some guy who in all likelihood had hit on him more than one occasion. Like legitimately... Euronymous was probably gay because that's the thing for, that you hear about from like Necro Butcher and Gaul, uh, uh, black metal <laughs> artist, that Euronymous was gay and had a thing for Varg. And Varg's one of those homophobes where it's like, I don't care if you stay on your side of the room, but if you come over here, it makes me think horrible thoughts. And uh, what are we doing? Why don't you kiss me already? No, that is dirty. Odin would not like that. Well, let's be fair. Vark was kind of a bigoted piece of shit. No, Those no, are hey, always the ones that end it. up. The police, they arrest Varg at this point, at his home. They find 150 kilograms of explosives, 3,000 ammunition rounds. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Find out that he stole them. He was going to use it to blow up the Blitz house, which was an enclave in, uh, in Oslo. And at this point, he's like... No, no, no. It was all self-defense. I killed Euronymous out of self-defense. And they're like, oh, that's weird because you you, you hid the bloody clothes. Uh, kind of a weird thing to do if it's self-defense, but 
you know, what do we know? It's just evidence. <laughs> As we already said, there's no place for evidence. Every time Varg tells these stories to, like, as we'll continue down his life, the version that he tells, he sounds like the biggest badass in the world, and he had to do it because of what was the right thing to do. Well, and he changed his story, too, because local musicians and, you know, former bandmates, they start selling him out, and his story's changing changing all the time it went from it was self-defense to the murder was planned by all of them we actually planned the alibi it was totally we did this on purpose we were cool once like we've said several times this dude is full of shit so he gets sentenced to 21 years in prison for murder the maximum sentence in norway because it doesn't happen very often brevins the guy who killed 84 people he is currently serving 21 years. Just let that sink in. Yeah, so he got charged for murder, got charged for three arsons, an attempted arson, the theft and storage of explosives. But the thing is, is one thing that our listeners have to understand is that the reason these sentences aren't like insane like they are in the United States is because this shit doesn't happen in Norway. It's not like the United States where like murders fucking happen every day. A lot of murders happen every day. Like, this dude's one murder and his th and his three arsons, like, this was, like, the biggest shit to go down in, like, 50 years. Yeah, and it was a—it really changed a lot of shit, honestly, for the worse, too, because that same murder that Joel was talking about, the 83 people, this motherfucker that did that sent out a manifesto to a bunch of people, and I bet you can guess who one of the people that received a copy of that manifesto was. It was fucking Varg, of course, because he was the poster boy and still kind of is the poster boy for this alt-right, super extremist, anti, uh, he doesn't call himself a racist. I think he calls himself a race, like, cleanliness? Uh, Ethnic cleanser? No, 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 he doesn't use those <laughs> words, but god damn it, dude, he used, okay, have any of you guys seen any of his fucking videos? Hello, and today, so... Is Varg a racist? Let's find out. Yes, that's how he starts all of his fucking videos. He got banned from YouTube, thank fucking God, <laughs> forever ago when they did the hate speech change. But all of all, also they people just repost that shit all the time. But all of his videos start off, he's in this old fucking Volkswagen or something. I don't know. And he goes in depth about all of this shit. How big of muscles must a man have? Yeah. Yeah. So you can see that all of his... Uh, his core beliefs are based on this sort of like old school Nordic kind of thing that I did more research on. And I don't know if there's a word for it, but what's the word for like nostalgia for something that never actually existed? Oh, that's uh, I mean, it's basically fabricated. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that word is. That's his entire false, false nostalgia. Yeah. I've that's heard him. That, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Fake nostalgia. Yeah. While he's in prison, it's thought, now it wasn't, it's not proven, but it is thought that he launched the Norwegian Heathen Front, which was like a pagan neo-Nazi group that would eventually grow into the international pan-Germanic Heathen Front. And basically his, his response to that was, like, he denied it. He was like, I was in prison. There's no way I could possibly ever run an organization like that. Yeah, because no criminal or villain has ever ran a fucking villainous organization from inside prison walls. 
ever. Yeah. Bitch, we're American. <laughs> we know what goes on in motherfucker. We know who calls the shots in prison. Don't act like there's no way. Listen, I was in jail for 21 years, and uh, it was a time of scholarship, of learning. He wasn't, though. That's how we put it. That's the fucked up thing. This is another thing about Varg right here. As we've learned before, it depends on when he gets asked. Because when he was asked while he was there, he was like, no, I'm not really associated with them. I, I kind of believe the same things they believe. And they asked other prisoners in the fucking prison. And they were like, I mean, he kind of, kind of. But now that he lives in fucking France, which is hilarious. He, oh, man, I'm giving away a lot of spoilers right now, aren't I? <laughs> Fuck it. All right. Now that he lives in fucking France, he's like, yes, I was the one that founded it. I was the lead member. I did all this blah, 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 blah. And when you talk to other people in the scene, they were like, I mean, he's kind of, he was round. Yeah. It's like, who, who are we talking about here? Varg. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's them. My bad. They're like, oh, who? who? Wait, is it, who are we talking? The lead singer of that band, Bosom? The one-man band that inevitably turned into Norse EDM music and became a parody of itself? And As, as Bosom, he did record two neo-folk albums in, uh, like, ambient neo-folk albums in prison. What the fuck the does way. that even mean? I, I don't know. That is just a genre I don't want to have fucking anything to do with. Also, Joel, you say I served 21 years. He actually didn't. He was released early after 15 years of his 21-year sentence. He was released in 2009 on probation, which he broke that probation in 2013 when he and his wife were actually arrested on terrorism charges, but they didn't stick. So after that, he was convicted of inciting racial hatred against Jews and Muslims. And ended up receiving six months more probation on top of his... Wow. Yeah. Listen, if you break the law while you're on probation, we're just going to give you some more probation. You better not break the law during it. Yeah, Norway... I'm seeing a lot of things in Norway that I really wish weren't true, but there's a lot of mirror here. Uh, if you're white in Norway, you're pretty good. You're, you're pretty cool. If you're like, I don't know, a native person that have been there for 3,500 some odd years called the Skandi people... Uh, you're fucked. This is just fucking crazy how trash humans are. Yeah. We suck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we just suck. We're fucking awful in every country. We're fucking terrible. And you know what's even better now? Now about Vargs. We, as we close our tale of Varg Vickerness, he currently lives on a farm in France with his wife and seven fucking children. Seven children. He is raising what seven children to go on and spread his douchebaggery. We can only hope that common sense might get into these kids' heads. This is like the one villain that we've talked about where, like, I'm kind of like, I kind of wish this motherfucker would find me. Yeah! Oh! Yeah! <laughs> this is the one dude that I wouldn't be like, oh, I, you know, if I saw him, man, I'd punch him in the face. But this is the one guy that if I found out he lived, like, two blocks from here, I'd be like, honey, go get my bat. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to put this down. <clears throat> If anyone knows Varg Vickerness, <laughs> I want you We're not gonna fucking dox. to isolate the following information, <laughs> the following audio. Attention Varg Vickerness, I will break my foot off in your stupid ass. Come at me, you racist cunt. No, hit him with the hard T, cunt. Come at me, I will whoop your ass, you fucking poser. Yeah, Captain Freedom. <laughs> Here comes Turbo. Coming down the pipeline, it's Varg Vickerness. All right, so are we done with this piece of shit now? Yes, we can move on to your Mungendrush. No. 
you think I'm saying no about that, but I actually have a really good tie here real fast. I thought this was interesting. All right. So Varg burned down those churches, right? And what day did he do it on the anniversary of? Mm, it was the Vikings raiding of an island. You fucking nailed it, bud. The first Viking raid in England where they went out of monastery and did what Vikings fucking do. Oh, look at my boys. You'll both, both get gold stars. Okay. So, little known fact, the head priest woke up screaming in the monastery because he had a dream that a dragon was descending from the ocean to fucking dis- to kill them. And it's as it turns out, what was on the hood? Uh, what was on the hood? The front of the uh, the the Viking. The hood, like it was a pimp. My ride, the fucking hood. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I caught hey, y'all myself. See my I new Viking myself. boat. I got a fucking hood <laughs> ornament the size of Ragnarok up there. Fuck yeah, man. It's fucking bad, dad. Gown on the front, on the very, on at the front of the Viking ship the was in fact a dragon or your I'm not gonna pronounce the name other than it's. Yes, it's the world serpent. Okay, guys, check it out. Seventeen ninety three. The first raid happens. Right, some bad shit goes down because a bunch of dudes who have some swords take some gold away from some dudes who don't have swords. And he, like, burns the churches down at that date, like, on the anniversary of that day, because he's like, yeah, fuck the churches. I mean, But what actually happened on that day, that was the first day that the Christians found out about those motherfuckers. And by the 8th century, only a little while later, Norway would be completely fucking Christianized because of that. So he did it on the anniversary of the death knell of that fucking religion what he did also kind of fucked over black metal and what the vikings did kind of fucked over Odin. it's okay though because vark wrote books about religion and norse mythology yes because he's making it up <laughs> all right how about we stop talking about that douchebag and go to our second villain of the day you're right you're that's right that would be the world serpent and middle child of giantist Angrabua and Loki. Yeah, so Loki had other kids, right? He had three kids total. Yeah, so he fucked a giant. Yeah, and he had Hela uh-huh. and Fenrir uh-huh. and Jormungandr. Got it. Got it. Which one was... Oh, he also had the horse. No, no. He, he, turned, beca- he, he yeah. turned into a female horse, got pregnant, and then gave birth to Odin's horse. So technically he had four kids. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, he, he was kind of his own dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Tell me about this big old snake. The name actually means Earth's necklace. His mouth is large enough to swallow an entire god or an entire giant. Basically, as a little itty-bitty serpent, Odin was like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, this thing's fucking disgusting. It's just another thing that could fulfill the, the prophecy of Ragnarok. I'm going to fucking yeet it out into the ocean. <laughs> Where it's never going to come back. Just imagine, like, fucking Odin, like, straightening this thing out like a fucking javelin spear. And then just fucking tossing this thing out in the ocean. Loki! Um, What do you keep fucking to make these things? Stop it! (laughs) That's Odin. That is Odin. Loki, stop fucking everything! You're going to bring on Ragnarok! Nasty son of a bitch! How did you make a snake?! You're a human! She's an ice giant! What the fuck?! I love Norse mythology. Well, I like all old mythology because all the gods in it are dicks 
absolute fucking dickheads. They are. I mean, it's basically just the Norse version of fucking Greek mythology, where they're all fucking dickheads in that, too. Like, by the way, have either of you guys read Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book? No, no, no I, I really need to. His shit is great. It's fucking great. It's really, really fun. So you guys should check that out. But anyway, so the serpent is just living in the ocean. It's not allowed to come back on land, and it's just growing and growing and growing. And it surrounds the entire world, and it bites onto its tail and becomes what holds the world together, the Earth's necklace. And the way the mythology goes is if the tail is ever released and he ever uncoils from the earth, then Ragnarok will begin because Fenrir will fucking blaze the entire earth while Jormungandr fills up the skies and fills up the ocean with its venom. So everything will just be fucked. I also like the other part of the mythology where it's Ragnarok is going to be started um, once Thor is kidnapped and has to fight for... Jeff Goldblum's amusement. That is my personal favorite take on. <laughs> I believed you for like two seconds. You're like, huh, Jeff Goldblum. There's a billion different versions of all of these stories, and they're all stories of stories. Like when all of these things were written down, when we have copies of them anyway, they're from the 13th century. And Christianity came to Norway in the 8th century. Like, we know that some of these stories do have other references and other things, so they can date all the way back to the 8th century. But, like, trying to put this together is like trying to watch Days of Our Lives and Friends at the same time while all the scenes are switched around. Mm -hmm. And trying to connect. Yeah. So Phoebe has amnesia? Well, that would actually explain quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) This week, this week on Norse Mythology... Thor, I can't believe you slept with your sister. That wasn't me. It was me, Odin. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, That's, yeah. That is bum, That is Norse mythology. These are the days of our Norse. So here's a cool story. Loki, you know, he's the god of mischief, the god of uh, chaos. He tells Thor, like, hey, you see this big fucking cat over here? I bet you can't lift this cat. I bet you can't. And of Thor, being the big dumb fucking idiot that he is, is like... Well, I can definitely lift this cat. What he doesn't know is that Loki actually put a spell, basically, on Jormungandr and made him look like a cat. Made it like a mirage. Like, he looks like a cat. So Thor's trying to lift the fucking serpent. He thinks it's a cat. Basically, Loki's like, (laughs) if he lifts this cat too much, like, I'm going to start Ragnarok because that's what I want to do. Because Ragnarok, let's, like, let's be real. Like, Ragnarok is the... Burning of the world so that it can start anew. It's the phoenix that dies so it can a new phoenix can rise out of the ashes type of thing. Yeah, it, it's it's sort of not really like uh, it's not really like in Juda- Judaism where it's the end of all known things. It's the end of the gods at that point, which I think is pretty fucking fitting because he basically lifts the uh, the cat's paw, and what he was really doing was he was stretching the serpent like almost to the point of breaking. People talked him out of it. He's like, no, you fucking idiot. This is a serpent. And then Thor's like, God damn it, Loki. Loki! You know, shakes his fist at the air. I think you mean Odin, damn it. (laughs) Fuck you for that pun. Seriously. Wow. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Another good story is, and this is actually one of those popular like motifs in Norse art. Uh, It's called Thor's fishing trip. He basically uses an ox head to lure out the serpent. The serpent rises with blood and poison all dripping from its mouth. And this is kind of where some of the tales differ a little bit. Like Hymir, who's this giant that uh, goes fishing with Thor. He's fucking terrified, obviously, of the serpent. He ends up cutting the fishing line. 
and the serpent, you know, makes off with the ox's head. In older adaptations from kind of like the the eighth and ninth centuries, like you were talking about, Ian, Thor actually kills the serpent, and this starts Ragnar. Yeah. Also, I love that at the beginning of that story, even in the different versions of it, this giant takes Thor fishing because apparently this giant is nice, and this is the one giant that Thor doesn't just immediately hit in the fucking head, even though he's technically 75% giant. Anyway, <laughs> so he goes out and he gets hungry and he's like, I'm gonna eat two of these giants' cows. And then the giant was like, fuck, all right, well, we better catch something. I don't have any food now. And he's like, oh, don't worry. We'll use the other, your last ox's head as fishing lure. <laughs> Thanks for taking me out here, asshole. Yeah. And also, I mean, we could totally eat this world serpent. Yeah. Yeah. Like... The fucking giant was like, yo, don't pull on that, dude, don't pull on that! And Thor's like, hey, I was gonna hit that. Well, I hope you don't mind, but, you know, today I'm gonna eat the world snake. Hurdy, hurdy, hurdy. What is this accent? What? Please. What is this now? I'm doing what the Swedish chef on? version of uh, Thor. No. No, you weren't. It sounded like you were more, like, from Michigan. <laughs> what was I doing? Yeah, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm just gonna smash Mjolnir Yeah, the darn here. giant. You see here, the darn giant? Oh, gosh, let me tell you right now, I'm just gonna take my hammer. I'm gonna take my hammer right now, and I'm gonna just, you know, hit this world snake. And, uh, you know, I'm really hungry. And if that starts Ragnarok, well, by golly goodness gracious, I guess that's all we've got going right now. Joel, could you possibly redo all of... Thor Ragnarok the movie, but with that Listen, you have to pronounce it Thur. Fuck you, let's go. (laughs) Somebody come get Thur. He's dancing like a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but yeah, as I was saying, like, uh, basically the paintings that were differing from, like, early 8th century stuff was, of course, this was all paintings on fucking stones, but a lot of it was actually rubbed off, so they kind of just pieced the stories together, almost like a Bible. You be silent with that. No, it's one continuous thing that we never took a whole bunch of books out. There was no such thing as the Council of Lyceum. Okay, so he's like featured on like basically in the religion of original Germanic tribes. This is like evidenced by existence in pre-Christian religions, as you were saying, Ian, uh, of like all the different Germanic peoples. Germans still attributed earthquakes to him. Well into the Middle Ages. They're like, oh, the Earth's fucking quaking? That's definitely the serpent moving around. Perhaps we didn't, you know, have a proper blood ritual this week. We should have killed enough babies for the world serpent, you know. Oh, gosh, I forgot to drop a bit of that that scotia, that oak blood, you know. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Now the world serpent's awake. We're probably going to lose a lot of crops due to the whole earth-shaking thing. Well, sorry. Well, better luck next year. That's why I always say. Hey, you know, good thing we have this thing called science. It's really helping us out here. Are you all done? (laughs) Go on. Sorry. As you were saying, Ian, like... Basically appears in the oldest actual Norse mythology records. Actually, before the Rose Edda and the Poetic Edda. And this was around mid-13th century, right? Maybe early, earlier 13th century. Somewhere. There's a lot of debate about it. Yeah. And, like, although he's, like, one of the main villains, he actually isn't totally evil. He basically wanted to take revenge on the gods that separated him from his family and tortured him and his siblings at a young age. And it's like, that's pretty much just... All mythology. The gods are fucking assholes. They're fucking assholes. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's weird how it's almost like a metaphor for if you oppress or damage a people and you're in power, 
those people will destroy your world. It's almost like it's a metaphor told through every fucking religion, and yet people haven't fucking figured it out yet. And I, I love that the guy that we talked about earlier, Varg, is now a uh, self-proclaimed devout Odinist, which difficult to understand, but whatever. And in the original mythology, you could definitely see it's this whole us, you know, othering kind of thing, because there was a, all of the giants, the Jotunheims, that it means a bunch of different things, but it basically means those from beyond the fence, people from outside. And you see that definitely mirrored in his rampant nationalism, too. But even Thor himself, like, uh, Odin's parents were somewhere, we don't really have a whole thing of it, but we're somewhere between 40 to 70 percent, somewhere around there, actual Jotunheim, too. So I don't understand how these Odinism people have translated this into rampant racism and xenophobia. But they found a way. Oh, yes. And they involved the fucking world snake. It, it just it goes to show how amazing the capacity for human douchebaggery is that you've managed to take a story about a giant fucking snake that is circling the world with a mouthful of poison that will rise up and spit poison into the That's sky, so burning the fucking world underneath it into... But don't you know we're you're, we're white and that makes us the best and the rest of you are uh, you're inferior to us, eh? <laughs> and that's the thing because the original message behind him is it's not even evil. It's it's not inherently like a bad message. It's just the representation of the circle of natural limitless and creation and destruction and life and death. Like yeah, it's a lot like Ouroboros. Oh yes, yes. It's not good or bad. It just is it's the natural flow of life things die and they're born again steven i'm so glad you said the uroboros thing because i was i was doing some research on that and uroboros is it's like a kind of a broad term to talk about whenever you see a symbol of a snake eating its tail and this is one of those weird things about humans we don't really know why it is but these images popped up in very different places at Sim simultaneous times that we know these groups of people did not have contact. It's aliens, dude. Uh, oh, fuck. Why did I not think of that? Obviously. Oh, my God. It was right there the whole time. The only one that I can't disprove. It's, it's so weird. It's almost like Carl Jung mentioned something about the collective unconscious in which all the people of the world are connected through an unconscious uh, sort of web of thought. And it's strange how imagery and architecture and religious beliefs are shared across millennia and cultures that never once interacted or had any way to. It's weird how that fucking works out. Well, I think, Joel, what you meant to say was it's weird how that was programmed in the simulation then and then reprogrammed in another spot of the simulation. <laughs> I want to give you shit. Uh, Ian's fucking uh. done with us. He's fucking done. We went from aliens to the fucking simulation in a record ten and a half seconds. So I'm proud of you, Steven. You managed to go aliens and then let me go into the collective unconscious and then without breaking stride... You went right into the simulation of reality. I'm so proud that I have started to have this effect on you because I've never heard you say anything like this before we started working together. I mean, just fuck it, right? Yeah, I mean, I compared Quentin Tarantino to a murderer. Yeah, yeah, you did. I listened to that episode, <laughs> and that did come off a little stronger than I meant. 
I love how I was just like, no, 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 no. I, I still kind of stand behind the the whole idea of like two. Di- anyway, let's. Yeah, the bad part about that was that I when I finished editing that episode, I was like, huh, I kind of agree with him now. Okay, so how does Ragnarok happen, and what is Ragnarok? We kind of discussed it already. Like Fenrir fucking torches the land. The serpent fills the skies and the seas with with venom. Everyone dies. Everything is over. To rebuild it. Jormungandr. Jormungandr. Whatever. That dude. The big snake. He does the it. The world serpent. Yeah, he does it. Not, thank you. The world serpent does it. Not Fenrir. He's the fucking wolf. Um, he eats Odin. Yeah. Fucking. Anyway. So Jormungandr, the world serpent guy, he gets in this awesome fucking fight with Thor. Let's just talk about that for like five seconds. So last blow, Thor smashes his fucking head. He walks off, but he only makes it nine steps. Okay, five seconds is up. <laughs> yes. Finish it up. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. He only made it nine steps because there's nine worlds inside of the Norse mythology, and it's a sacred number and, you know, numerology. And what happens to Thor? Oh, he dead. Yeah, he's poisoned, much like the mountain in his battle with Oberyn. Who? In Game of Thrones. Wasn't that that Harry Potter remix? Yeah. Oh, speaking of Harry Potter, did you know that... Uh, Jormungandr is actually the inspiration for the Basilisk in Chamber of Secrets. That makes sense. But also fuck J.K. Rowling. Yeah, fuck J. Fuck her. But also one thing that I do wanted, I did want to say, uh, what's his fuck Varg? He made a D and D ripoff role playing game that he said was heavily in- influenced by Tolkien's writings, which makes sense because Tolkien's writings were heavily influenced by the Volsung saga and whatever other 13th century one we were just talking about. One of those sagas. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of Norse mythology references. Weird, like, this whole conversation is just coming in one big circle like it's a world serpent of a conversation. Yeah, yeah, we've all... We've, yeah, like a snake eating its tail. We've just burned this podcast down, and now we're building it back up to go to the bowler hat scale. Whoa! We're building it up to burn it back I feel like that's just in some 80s Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I know, I love it. I saw him on a hood, and he's oiled up. That is a shitty cover of a Linkin Park song that I just sang. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it till I figured out it was them. (laughs) Ah, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you both. talking about a lot of people that have died today. Anyway, let's go on. Oof, oof. (laughs) Uh, All right, so where... Does Vark belong on the bowler hat scale? And I want to preface this with, Joel, you can't just be like, oh, he's a fucking douchebag, so I'm giving him a one. I'll go first. Fuck you, Steven. I'm going to have to put him at a four. I love it. Yes, he burned down buildings. He murdered one person. His influence on the black... He personally murdered one person. His influence in the black metal scene led to the murder of one man in known. And we had a firefighter. And it's tragic because this firefighter died fighting, fighting the first fire that Varg ever set. And he's, he's widely forgotten in this entire... In his entire... Uh, Saga, for lack of a better term. But Varg is nothing. He's not a good villain. He's not a powerful villain. He is a he's a villain of ideals, of of conviction. Once he has an idea, once he has a thought, he doesn't waver from it. But it's weak. Other than that, he's a weak man. He needs to have control. He needs to be in power. He needs to be seen as someone um impressive and that's the sign of a weak man so honestly he's a weak villain 
So I'm sorry, VAR gets four at the most. I would put him at a three, but again, 44 church burnings that he started puts him at a four. I'm going to mirror you aside from one thing. I'm going to bring him up to a five essentially because of his role in the continuance of the satanic panic throughout the rest of the world because of the shit that was going on. You know, a lot of the shit had to do had an effect on the United States and really the rest of the world, but mainly in the United States throughout the early 90s. Steven, I got a question. Do you think that that so that was like later in the satanic panic too. Do you think that maybe they were just reading shit about the satanic panic in the US and so they mirrored something that they had seen in media and then it was sort of reflected back in this direction? Maybe it's 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 kind of hard telling. I mean, that whole part of the world had a lot of christian uh based shit there you know what i mean it's not like we created christianity over here you know what i mean it's weird it's like it's just keeps going in a circle like a big snake eating its own tail i think that (laughs) especially after um and i'm gonna get a little political here so let me just slightly up on political god get out i think especially after george bush uh, especially after ronald reagan and george bush the media just was on a tangent of sending this shit out, like just like fear mongering. And when all this church burning started happening, oh my God, they're burning churches. Someone fucking died. This is all Satan's work. It's all Satan's work. Anybody who listens to the metal, anyone who wears black, anyone that fucking reads Stephen King, they are fucking murderers. Yeah, but you know, during that time though, it was really only picked up by the Christian element because main pop culture during that time what was happening during the time of the church burnings east coast versus west coast biggie versus tupac was in the news that was that was the big story in the news so really it was it i get that i agree with you but i'm talking more of the christian south oh, okay yeah yeah midwest the christian south was they didn't really give a fuck about that yeah, they had this whole mentality. It was all about the Lord. Because during that time, the whole mentality of, well, oh, just gangsters killing gangsters, what do we care for? <laughs> I get what you're saying, Stephen. I totally understand what you're saying. And I agree with you. Yeah, he does have a part to play. But I think one of the villains we're going to talk about one of these days, um, Pat Robinson from the 700 Club. Fuck. I, I, th- I think he's a little bit more to blame yeah, <laughs> about the oh, satanic on, panic's continuation. Stephen. I didn't even get your number, bud. I'm five. It was a five. Okay, okay, okay. So it was a five. Ian? Fuck. It's hard because he just sucks, you know? He's just like, he sucks. He's not that, he's not scary. He's not influential. He's not in any good way or notable way. He just kind of like sucks. He, he represents just the like, the dude at the bar that you wish would just shut the fuck up. I'm going to give him like a... a Joel, I think you I think you hit it right there. I'm gonna go like a four. Yeah, I just sucks. <laughs> what about the snake? I'm gonna give the snake a one. Oh God, here we go. What? No, no. He's honestly, not an animal. The snake is no, no. I want to hear. I want to hear. Throughout all the mythology, I have yet to read anything where the snake does his own fucking thing. Where he has, other than his need for vengeance for the taking being cast out from his family uh the world snake really doesn't have any personal thoughts he's just an element of nature he is a representation of the ebb and flow of life and reality and that's neither good nor evil 
He's just a physical representation of that. Even in the mythology, let's take the mythology and make it a real world. He's not evil. Why does he attack Thor? Because Thor attacks him. Why does he destroy the world? Because Thor, being the super aggro fucknut that he is, attacks him. He's neither good nor evil. He's a one because he's he's just an element. He's a, he's a representation of nature. Okay, retort. He was a cat once. No, Loki turned him into a cat. <laughs> Actually, Loki made him look like he was a cat. Right. So he, yeah, he had no, yeah, but he had no say close. on the matter. Loki turned him into a cat. He didn't say, "Hey, Dad, could you turn me into a cat?" I've just, I've always wanted to be a feline today. Oh yeah, sure, son. I'll be more than happy to turn you into a snake. Peter Patter, let's get at God, her. You gotta stop with that. Accent. You almost sold you me, but stop. the thing is, is he he is sentient. He does know what he's doing, and he does want to end the world on purpose. Like, it's not. How do we know that? I mean, it's in the stories. It's written in the stories that he that he wants to. Yeah, that he is vengeful. That he is pissed. Fated. He to. is fated to. That it, it is in the prophecy. But just because something's written in the prophecy doesn't necessarily mean that there's no emotional connections to it. Fucking Voldemort was written in the prophecy. He's still a fucking asshole. Just because he has to do it, he's predestined to do it, doesn't necessarily mean he has to be emotionally disconnected. He has no choice. Yeah, the, the stories specifically say that Fenrir and Hela and Jormungandr are pissed. They're fucking pissed. Like, they, this is all out of vengeance. They hate the gods, and they want to cause the destruction of the world. He is a fucking... But do they? But does, but does the world snake do that? Yes. Only when provoked. In all the mythology, only when he's provoked. Only when Thor goes after him. No, when Ragnarok actually happens in Norse mythology... Like, there's no provoking. They It just happens. The world snake breaks. Because it's already happened a thousand times. Exactly. Yeah, Thor tied him to a fucking tree as soon as he saw him when he was a baby. And then Odin was like, oh, fuck this, and like slingshot his ass into the water. So, okay, okay, yes, I do see a bit of vengeance there. Oh, goodness, gonna yeet that right out into the water there, eh? Get at her, boom! <laughs> Peter Patter, <laughs> let's get at her there, you world snake. I get what you're saying, Steven. I do understand it. And, and yeah, I mean... He'll probably be higher on the villain scale, but... He's a world-ender, man. Like, how can you give him anything less than a nine? What? Because he's an... Because it's really... I'm I'm just going by the majority of the mythology, and the intent isn't actually there. It's, It's all provoked. From what I've read, it's all provoked. What he does is provoked. Other than that, he just maintains balance. He is the balance, and and he's a representation of... Once the balance of the world is out of place by gods or man, the world fucking falls apart. I do agree with that. So I will bring him down to like... Ooh, were you going to do... You were going to do a 10, weren't you? No, I was going to do like 9-ish, but I'll bring him down to like a okay. 7. I'll bring him I down think to that's the right, best I could that. fucking hope for. Go me. I actually yeah, changed Steven's opinion on something. Oh, fuck. Happy day. All right, and... That's going to be the end of our session today. I think we've made very good progress. I'm very proud of both of you. Uh, when do you guys want to come into the office again? Y'all have made so much progress. Ian, don't worry. After the session, I'll slip you another 20. <laughs> All right. So I think you're both kind of right. I think <laughs> is a mix between an asteroid and Galactus. Does that make sense? Galactus has, like, choice and whatnot, but he has to eat, and it also, like, eats entire worlds. 
asteroid has no feelings or thought or anything, but it does destroy world. So it's somewhere in between. You feel me? Yeah. 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 So I'm going to go uh, a five because it's right in the middle of the scale. Yeah, five. Redeemable? Either of them? Oh, no. It's no. it's it's fate. <laughs> yeah, one is actual fate. So it, he... We literally cannot. Let's ask that volcano that blew up in Iceland a while back if it would like to be sorry. It would like to redeem for its sins against the airline industry. What about Varg? Varg? Oh, fuck him. No, he's like I said, Varg is a man of strange principles and he'll never apologize because that would mean that his principles were wrong in some aspect. No, they are irredeemable. Yeah, fuck him. But is there anything he could do? Is there anything that he could, he do, could do to... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Could he redeem okay, himself? that is a good question, but I can answer that because there is things he could do to possibly redeem himself, but he never fucking will. You know, he could do one simple thing. Uh, I like to call he's going to wear the David Carradine necktie. If he does that, <laughs> I'll consider him <laughs> redeemed. Oh my god, Kung Fu, rest in pieces. <laughs> I bet we have some listener feedback, don't we? I hope so. We do. I will get us started off. This is from At Me Next Time, and it was a Twitter shout out. They said, I recommend the Curly Mustache Podcast because each week they juxtapose one real life villain and one fictional villain. It's a lot of fun. Love that word, juxtapose. Yes, it's great. and doesn't get used enough. Thank you at me next time i will at you next night thank you very much man our next piece of feedback is heart of beskar another twitter shout out and they say i recommend the curly mustache podcast a great fictional versus real villains podcast i'm starting to feel like fucking we're getting ron swanson over here like when he's just like i state facts they are true and he gets up to give his speech and he's just like leslie nope is a representative. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, thank you for the shout outs. Then we've got Paul six uh sorry, Paul six eight seven four off of Instagram, and he went on to say <clears throat> Y'all show is fire <laughs> God damn right, thank you, Paul. Fuck yeah, Paul. Thanks, bud. Alright guys, thank you for the feedback and to our listeners, thank you for listening to episode fifty five of the Curly Mustache Podcast. If you want to tell your friends about us, they can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on TuneIn, pretty much any other major podcast platform out there. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at the Curly Mustache Podcast, where you can leave us some feedback to address on the show, or see other content that I will post uh, regarding our villains. If you want to check out some other podcasts from United Cypher, you can check out Motion Picture Meltdown, recent episodes of Music Video Countdown, or go back and listen to older episodes of Talks Over Games, The Anime Alphabet, and The Fallout Forecast. Also stay tuned for Joel's upcoming podcast, The End of the World Broadcast. Which, by the way, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt real quick, ladies and gentlemen. You hate to interrupt me? I hate to interrupt. I don't think, uh-huh. I don't think like you hate uh-huh. it. But if you kind folks could go on iTunes, search The Edge of the World Broadcast, hit that subscribe button, hit the, the five stars. It would really, really help the exposure of the show when it the first episode was released. August 21st. August 21st. Thank you. Go on, Stephen. Thank you. So you want them to leave you a five-star review without ever hearing the podcast? Yes. That trailer is fucking fire, You're soliciting five-star reviews 
before they ever listen to it. That's real interesting. It's a pre-order. It's a pre-order. <laughs> it's a pre-order. I just kind of feel like that's I feel like that's rating a hamburger five stars before I ever get to try it. I'm using the GameStop uh, algorithm. All right. <laughs> oh, so when people want to return your podcast to you, you're gonna give them like. 30 cents on the dollar. They're going to end up paying me money. I don't know how this is going to work, but... That's fair. That's fair. I like it. If you want to listen to other podcasts that we listen to, check out Nerdonomy. Check out The Whiskey Reel. Uh, Sorry to Waste Your Time and Code Yellow, a scare actor's podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Jolie Roddick. And I am Ian, the pizza eater snake. And make sure you stay evil. (laughs) (laughs) 